Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kyle. That's James. We're the insiders. You know, I really hate when my routine gets screwed up. I just, I really, I really, really despise it a lot. Because, nah, it's fine. I'm not going to it. It's, it's okay. It's We're all right, back. Kyle. We're here. The Sacramento Kings are back in action tonight. The San Francisco 49ers are back in action this weekend. Biggest NBA surprises. I think now that we're, what, three weeks into the season, we can start talking about that. We will get into that today. Weird night last night with sports, though. The NBA took the night off for various uh, elections, state elections around the country. Shout out to the NBA for, for doing that and taking election night off and allowing... Uh, the maximum number of people to get out and uh, and exercise their right to vote. Uh, shout out to the league for that. Also, shout out, James. This is how putrid of a sports night it was. I turned on the San Jose Sharks. I watched my first bit of hockey all season. And wouldn't you know it, they won. Now you're the reverse jinx. You have to watch every game. I'm Kyle. locked in now, dude. You have to watch Sorry, every game. I won't be watching any more Kings this year. I have to watch the Sharks. No Warriors, no basketball. I'm locked in on the Sharkies, who beat the Flyers 2-1. to one. They are now 1-10-1 on the season. I like that we have this shared thing that neither one of us watch hockey. I've never watched uh, a hockey Here's... game from start to finish, ever, and I've never seen one live. Wh- wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> You've never sat down and watched like, an, enti- the, an entire playoff game? No, I-, I have like sat and watched like the like a game seven, but like from halftime on, like, uh, well, not halftime. They don't have from like the second period on or the third period on. Uh, I've never sat and watched an entire hockey. hockey wow. Game. Okay. Well, you should change that. We should pick it. We should find a game and go live. Hockey is, is legitimately a, like it changes the way you, I don't want to say it changes the way you, you watch the sport because I've been to live hockey games. It's not like, Oh, I need to be locked into every minute now. But when you go, it's so hard to not be super dialed in and engaged. There's so much going on, and it's a super fun sport to watch live. You know, it's crazy because, like, I was sitting watching soccer with my son this weekend, and uh, we were watching Man U. They came up with, a, like, a haymaker, like, winning goal late to mm-hmm. beat Fulham, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm watching, I, I told my son, it's funny that while some people who watch soccer, they, they get no enjoyment out or they're confused or it's boring. Mm-hmm. Like I, I told my son, for a zero zero game, there are like at least fifty moments in this game that have already like upset me and make me want to yell at the TV. Yeah. Like there's so many to, things just... that are happening where guys are doing stupid things or missing or mm-hmm. you know, just silly things. Yeah. And for a common fan who who doesn't watch soccer or hasn't, you know, coach soccer or whatever, you might just be sitting there like, huh, this seems boring. It's there's no score. 
Um, right, but if you can't appreciate the near goals or the near misses where maybe somebody just has a bad pass and somebody had a breakaway or whatever it is, yeah, like, you got to appreciate the sport a little. Or a bad tackle or the fact sure. that, you know, Harry Maguire plays kickball and everyone else is sitting there trying to make 10-yard passes and he thinks he's, like, taking a baby bouncer and swinging for the fences, like, yeah. all the time. You're just like, hey, like, what are we doing? How come everyone is playing one sport and you're playing a totally different one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that just reminds like when you're when you're playing with kids when they're uh, mm-hmm. when you're you know training soccer kids and you, you have the parents that like every time someone kicks a ball as far as they can a bunch of parents are like woo and you're like yeah ah that's horrible no it went to the other team why are we cheering <laughs> it's they're eight big deal he can they're kick the ball far. Like, come on, man. Like, one time, well, I used to be a, I used to be a ref in soccer, right? And we're not going to talk about soccer and hockey. We got... Uh, yeah, soccer, got, hockey, that's all we're doing yeah, today. We got a bunch of... <laughs> Yesterday bunch of was all about NBA our fantasy football into. team. Yeah, we were so, we were so <laughs> locked in. Uh, King's trip to Houston might as well not have happened. We had big fantasy football victories to discuss. No, um, I was a ref in soccer, for, uh, just locally in, in Brentwood when I was growing up. I, I genuinely don't even remember what age I was. Okay. I can't remember. I think I drove myself to the game, so I had to be 16. Okay. But I can't confirm that that's the case. I might have been like 14 or 15, but I was refing a like under six soccer game one time. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's legitimately, you stand out there in the middle of the field and you just point which direction the ball should be going. Yes. It's, it is a... I'm out there doling out reds to six-year-olds. I'm like, get out of my... Get off my field. No. I, so... I was just zoned out and just forgot to keep the time. Oh, and no. these games are supposed to go. It's like two 20 minute halves or whatever it is. These kids, <laughs> they're all red in the these face. These kids are playing like 48 minutes straight. <laughs> and then I look at my watch. No one said anything. Nobody's like, hey, we've been playing for way too long. And I blow the whistle. I'm like, ah, halftime. We're like, hey, <laughs> there's orange slices over here yeah. that aren't cold anymore. <laughs> like, hey, we got halftime. I go to the coaches. I get the coach. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, I screwed up. And they're like, bro, we're hungover. Do whatever you need to do. Like, you got it, dad. I, I love yeah. like that age, watching the little kids run around and play. Oh, and their jerseys are all like knee length. Yes. And they're just, yeah. oh, it yeah. was. And half the kids are doing cartwheels and, and like picking flowers and. Couldn't care less. Yeah, I know. I, there was a game where uh, like a five-year-old did get a red card in a game. He wouldn't stop sliding and he kept slide tackling everyone. <laughs> And the ref told him like four times and then kicked him out of the game and he goes over and he's crying on his on his grandfather's lap and you're like, hey man, that's what you get. Like you're going to hurt all these other little kids. Like, oh well. Yeah. Yikes. Um, apparently we're getting some glitch on the stream. So sorry everybody. We will do our best to try and fix that. Um, hmm. I'll try and troubleshoot at the break. There's nothing I can do uh, on the fly here. So I'm going to just keep going. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, as we shift gears and get into the NBA, of course, the Kings back in action tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. We'll talk plenty about that. But last night, a report from ESPN's Dave McMenamin came out that the Los Angeles Lakers have compiled a series of videos to send to the league office on plays that they believe should have been flagrant fouls on LeBron James, or at least fouls on LeBron James. And they believe that he's being officiated unfairly so they're going directly to the source, they're going to the league, and they're demanding that more fouls be called when LeBron James is driving to the basket. This is ageism. <laughs> it's ageism, Kyle. 
That's what I've always said. They're picking on because he's too old. LeBron is 38 years old and he can't get a foul call. How could this happen? I, you know what? Like I, I don't know the number. I don't know who, who in the history of the NBA has taken more foul shots than anyone else. But I'm going to guarantee that LeBron James is in like the top three. And we're talking about the all-time leading scorer. This is a, a guy who has been to the free throw line so many times in his career uh, that at this point, I, I, don't, I don't really care. You know, he, he literally might have used up all of the goodwill and all of his extra fouls like throughout the course well, of his career. And um, he, he doesn't. So there's there's a couple issues I have with this with, with LeBron specifically. First of all, the the Lakers and John Hollinger pointed this out on Twitter. The Lakers are not the only team that's ever done this. Oh, no. Teams do this all the time. The I would not be surprised if the Kings had done it for Demonis Sabonis, who just gets hammered every time he's under the basket. He gets hit in the head every single game. Every time he drives. It's a drinking game. So so I'm sure the Kings have done it. So it's and and Mo DeKeel, who does really good film work on Twitter, he just goes through games and posts clips and does uh, really good breakdowns. He he even said he used to work for the Clippers in their video department. It was like one time I had to put together a reel of all the times we thought Blake Griffin got flagrantly fouled and sent it to the league. So this happens, right? It's This is not a Lakers thing. But with LeBron specifically, one, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore because every time you hit the ground, it's like you just broke six bones. And you lay there and you embellish it. And, oh, you might have gotten swiped across the forehead, so you lay there and you hold your face for 10 minutes. And they got to go to break while the medical team attends to you. And then, oh, look, you're fine. So I think that's part of it. But then the, the other thing is, he's not the only player that does this. There are... So many players in the league who use their size to get to the rim, mm-hmm. where it is dribble the basketball and be big, try and get to the rack and score. And in those instances where there are people hitting you, like, yes, it's going to be a foul, but if the refs called fouls on every single touch and bump and thing that should be a foul, it's like holding in the NFL, then you would not, there would never, there would never be a defended drive to the basket. There, yeah. there would be, everybody would foul out of every single game. Yeah, they would have to, like, every single game, if there was a touch foul called every single time, uh, it, the game would be over, like, it would, it, well, the game, first of all, it would take, like, two weeks. You <laughs> yeah. know, it would be like a night-ending baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like a night-ending baseball game. Everyone would complain. Um, and uh, it would not be enjoyable to watch. I, I would, as from the press box, would be booing the whole time. So, so <laughs> no cheering in the press box, but there is booing. Oh yeah. So Kyle, uh, the all-time le- record for most free throw attempts in a career is Carl Malone at thirteen thousand one hundred eighty-eight. Moses Malone is number two at eleven thousand eight hundred sixty-four. Wilt Chamberlain number three at eleven thousand eight hundred sixty-two. Shaquille O'Neal is four at 11,252. LeBron James is number five all-time in free throw attempts at 11,040. So, like, I, I don't have any sympathy for someone who's already been to the free throw, the free throw line 11,040 times, and that's just regular season. We're not even talking postseason. I guarantee if we add his postseason stats, it's way more than anyone yeah. in the history of the game ever. Yeah. It's... It, 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 Teams do this to make a point, right? Yes. I don't think the Lakers aren't necessarily trying to get LeBron to the foul line 30 times a game, <laughs> but they're trying to make some kind of point that like, Hey, he is being officiated unfairly. And from what I see, and I, I haven't watched, you know, 
every single minute of Lakers basketball this year. But from what I see this year and from what I've seen in years past, I don't think it's it's any more egregious egregious with egregious. That's funny. Egregious. Uh, egregious with LeBron than it is with <laughs> any other player who, when they decide to take over a game, just go barrel into the paint and try and score. Like, yeah, some you're gonna get hit when you do that, man. Like that's just kind of how the sport works. I also think that there is something to LeBron not being the same exact player he was in the yeah, past. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's it's slightly easier to officiate him mm-hmm. because he doesn't have the same speed and quickness. He still has the same strength, um, but like even the verticality, he can get up, but uh, not like he, he used to be able to in traffic and stuff. Yeah, he's taken another 2,456 free throws in the playoffs. Oh, my God. 2,500 free throws in the playoffs. Just in the playoffs. Just in the playoffs. What's he shooting, like 72%? Um, That's a good question. Um, Let me see. I don't see if I see a free throw percentage, 74.1%. Ooh. Oh, oh good, good call. Yeah, man. All right. About a 70, 75% free throw shooter. That makes sense. Yeah. That used to be a thing, by the way. And it might still be a thing for some people. I just, I've bailed out of any LeBron greatest arguments. Okay. I'm just out. I don't care. You I don't have care. my thoughts. You have yours. Uh, okay. N- nobody's going to change each other's mind here. I've heard every argument against my stance. I've heard every argument for my stance. I'm where I am. Cool. So <laughs> that used to be a thing, though, in college with the LeBron-Kobe debate, because I was in college in, in 2008, 2009, 2010, like the, the height of the LeBron-Kobe debate. Of course. And every single time... The, the pro Kobe side would be like, well, free throws. Look at the free throw percentage. Like, all right, man. If you're erasing everything else and just whittling the game down to free throws, then I concede you were right. All right. You're right. <laughs> he, yeah. he does now have more free throw attempts than Kobe. Kobe is number six, just so you know. Oh, okay, good. He's also he's also played longer than like anyone ever. He's played so many games in so many minutes. The fact that he's still at the level that he is 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 pretty remarkable. It like is amazing. Said, not the player he was, but that he can still go dominate and take over a game here and there when he wants to is is pretty ridiculous. Uh, good player, LeBron James. Yeah, I twenty five. I think we've determined that twenty five points, eight point four rebounds, five point nine assists on this season. <laughs> he's still pretty good. Turns thirty nine next month. Yeah, he's playing thirty six minutes. No one Sick. on the Kings is playing thirty six <laughs> minutes a night, but LeBron James at at thirty nine is ridiculous. All right, let's shift gears and talk some NFL. We didn't do our power rankings yesterday, so we're going to do them today with the Forty ers uh, turning the page and looking ahead to Week Ten against the Jaguars. We will also begin. That Week 10 49ers discussion that's coming up next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Now, back to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, is it, it is. Is this new? Is this new music, Kyle? It, it's new-ish. I, I got it last week, but I think I played it once last week. This is Pray For Me by Kendrick Lamar featuring The Weeknd. Oh. Or The Weeknd featuring Kendrick Lamar. I don't know. One of those two. Two artists that I like on the same song. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it. And the beat is sick. So Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I'm into, I'm into that song right now. Yeah. Uh, we were talking coffee at the break. And shout out to Cafe Bustello. That's all. Apparently, you can get it at, at Marshall's, according to Manny. But I ordered a six-pack of it on Amazon. Six nine-ounce cans for like $34. Okay. That's my jam. That's your jam now. I'm in there. It's delicious. Okay. Yeah. I like good really coffee. Really good coffee. I'll bring like, you some. We've bought, you know, like when you go to Costa Rica, you got to load up on Costa Rican coffee. Sure. I bet it's great. Um, yeah. There's... I really want to go to like a coffee farm, whether it's in 
uh, Costa Rica or a place like that or Hawaii or something, I really want to hit okay. like a coffee farm. Oh, that'd be cool. I want to see how the whole thing goes down. All right. I need to do that as well. Yeah. All right. Big I'll coffee on, I'll put it on my bucket list. Big coffee, guys. That's James. I'm Kyle. Let's talk NFL. We haven't got, we haven't really gotten a chance to do that in, in in major depth. The 49ers have been off, but more importantly, the the Raiders had all of their internal stuff going on. So we've been talking about that. And then yesterday we had King's stuff to, to hash out. So we're finally getting back and, and taking a look at the NFL as the second half of the season begins. That's been my biggest annoyance with the taking away the the 16-game schedule is you can't just neatly break a team's season into quarters now. Oh, yeah. It's an 18-week schedule, though, so my new benchmark is week nine. Just that's half the year. Yeah, that makes sense. Whether you've played eight or nine games, you're halfway through the season, and that's where we're at. Okay. I like it way less than the four games thing, but whatever. I'm with you. I'm with you. We're never going to go back. We're never going to go back to 16. If anything, there's going to be 18 at some point, and then we'll have to figure out a new... A halfway point because there'll probably be 19 weeks, but um, let's let's talk top teams because I think based on what I saw this weekend, you have to put the Ravens as the best team in the NFL, and I don't I don't really know if it's close, just based on how they've looked over the last three or four weeks, where they are running the ball efficiently, they are throwing it as efficiently, and their defense is just sick. Their defense is really, really good. Like, usually you watch an offense play, and and maybe it's a really fast-paced offense, like the ones the Ravens have, right? Ton of speed, ton of athleticism. And then their defense plays, and they have a good defense, but it's a bunch of just maulers, right? It's just guys that get downhill, and they're going to beat you up. The Ravens' defense looks as fast as its offense. They just fly around. And there's no, like, superstar. Like, Patrick Queen's a a good player, and, and Roquan Smith's a good player. But there's no, like, superstar... Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa type of of player on the defensive line or anything like that. It's just a really good collection of players. Yeah. And on teams like that, when they dominate with just a very good collection of players, I'm just all in on that team. Yeah, I think that they have elevated themselves so far above most of the teams. So when you go into a, a tough game against a team like Seattle, who had been playing really well and all of a sudden had a bunch to play for because the 49ers have faltered and clearly they have an opportunity to win the the NFC West and you go in there and you punk them like that. That was crazy. Yeah. So I have done that twice now. Yeah. I am all in on Baltimore. Yeah. Like I am, they, they've gone in and they've really done damage to good teams where mm-hmm. you're like, Holy cow. Yeah. That, you know, I, I didn't expect, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson to become a thrower. Yeah. yeah I, I did he's not. Been, ex- he's been lighting he, it up. He's become an, an incredible quarterback. He's not just like a 99 mile an hour fastball guy. Yeah, and he's he's using his his athleticism still. Like the the run game stuff is all still there. Oh yeah. But then they also have Lamar Jackson leading the NFL in completion rate. Like that's that yeah. that's unfair. It's re- it's it's crazy how many ways they can stop you and how many ways they can get yards and points on you. I really think it's interesting how the season's gone too, where we have teams that are so strong and then fall out, mm-hmm. and then you know teams that come up and like just like a huge win. Remember. Early in the season, was it Buffalo that thumped the Dolphins? Uh, am I remembering yes. that incorrectly? Yeah, yeah. 48 and, to 20, I think, was the Yeah, final. and you're like, oh, man, so we move Buffalo up. And then next thing you know, we have to move Buffalo back down mm-hmm. and, and then out, out of the top five. And so the 49ers, number one in our power rankings for weeks, mm-hmm. they're not in the top five. And I don't know if they can get back to the top five, but yeah. Baltimore wasn't in our top five. They might not even been in our top 10 early in the season. 
Here they are. They're just methodically going about their business. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got the Ravens at the top. Now, somebody asked me, uh, my coworker, uh, my colleague at, at the NFL Wires for, for USA Today Sports Media Group, Doug Farrar, he does just such a great job doing film breakdowns and deep dives at uh, at, at the site touchdownwire.com. He asked if if there's anybody else even in the Ravens class. Like, is anyone Ooh. even close? So here's my here's my argument here. The Ravens are, to me, at the top of the heap right now, and, and I, I don't think there's an argument for that. But I think that there are definitely teams in their class, and those teams are Philly and Kansas City for me right now. Yes. Because we have a track record with Philly. Look at how dominant they were last year. And they're 8-1. It hasn't looked as overwhelmingly <laughs> it's just just not dominant at all. this year. But they're still they're eight and one. Like they're yeah. figuring out different ways to win games. Jalen Hurts isn't even really running yet. I don't know if he's banged up or if that's just something that they want to keep him healthy healthy, so they're reeling that in. I don't I don't know exactly. <laughs> but they're still excellent. They still dominate in the trenches. And if you can win in the trenches on both sides, you have a chance to win literally every game you play. And they've done that all but one time this year. So I, I still really like Philly. And then Kansas City, I've said this a million times on the show. Their defense is as good as it is, and I'm going to bet on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to figure out a passing game. Yeah, I mean, I think with Philly, my problem is they're 8-1, and one, but none of it feels like it's it's sustainable. Like you, you said, they keep finding ways to win. You know how they found a way to win this last week? Uh, Dak Prescott. They played against <laughs> Dak Prescott. Well, That's how they found their way to win. Like... The dude steps out of bounds at the one foot line yeah. instead of getting the two point conversion. He finds a wrong receiver, you know, has a delay of game, like all mm-hmm. these things. Like that was a really good game, but there's so many games already this season that Philly should have lost and somehow found I, I mean, a way to win. Yeah, because they're good. No, they are good. <laughs> I, I'm not taking that away, but I, none of it has really been convincing. Like, I, and I'm waiting for that, that convincing, like over the top, like, oh, that was a great win. I, I think I'm, I, I totally get where you're at and, and, and maybe you're right. Like maybe they roll into the playoffs and they just go up against the Lions or Seattle or maybe the Cowboys in the playoffs and, and, and lose earlier than we expect. Like that, that's on the table. Whereas last year they felt a little more inevitable, but that's the thing is, is I'm looking at what they did last season with largely the same group of players. And I'm looking ahead to the rest of this year, and they have a tough schedule coming up. But I think when you when you take their body of work from last season and you combine that with what they've looked like this season, it's like I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think the one convincing win they've had on the season that you're just like, oh, that was a that was an outstanding win, was the Dolphins in Week Seven. Yeah, just that. Kinda. That's the one. Outside of that, New England, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Washington. Los Angeles Rams, New York Jets, okay, like all close it, games, yeah. Well, but you should have been six and zero. They, they were five and one. I mean, th- those if you're an elite team, none of those teams scare you. And then you got the Dolphins, the Commanders again, and then the Cowboys. Like, yeah, the Jets game was weird for sure. Yeah, but I, I, I still, I, I'm, I saw enough from them last year from from Philly to give them the benefit of the doubt for this season. Yeah, and that's honestly the same thing I'm doing with the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs' offense does not look like the Chiefs' offense, but dude, you have multi-time MVP Patrick Mahomes back there who threw for five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns as a rookie. They've already won two Super Bowls. The only reason they lost another one is because they were without both of their offensive tackles. Like they, they, they could have three titles right now under their belts. Like I, they get the benefit of the doubt forever for me. 
Okay. Like if 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 people are going to still give the Golden State Warriors the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to give the Kansas City Chiefs the benefit of the doubt. No, I'm with you. Uh, the only thing I would say about the Chiefs, again, I, they're a team that hasn't played a lot of a lot of quality teams. They, no doubt, they lost in Week One without Kelsey to the Lions. Um, you know, they did get the win against the Dolphins. That's big. But in the middle, there's a bunch of you know marginal games that you know we- nothing special. Like Jacksonville in Week Two. But Jacksonville week two was not Jacksonville yet. Do you see what's coming up next week? We've got uh, Eagles at Chiefs. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. And then Eagles at home against Buffalo. Then Ooh. Eagles at home against the 49ers. Ooh. Then Eagles at Cowboys. And then Eagles at Seahawks. Oh, that'll be a test. So we're going to learn a lot about this Philly team over the next five weeks. They go four and one. I, I'm. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, or and they I got think a there's a really definite chance good, they could go four and one of this. Yeah, they got a really good shot. Yeah. They got a really good shot. Yeah. All right. Uh, rounding things out here, so it's Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs for me. Those are the top three. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna go. I gotta go. Hmm. I gotta go. Jags four. Okay. And then I'm gonna go Lions five. Although, hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna flip flop that. I'm going Lions four. Because I like uh, I like their their offensive and defensive lines more than I like Jacksonville's. Give me the Jags five. I feel good about that. You feel good about that. And okay. then you want to talk about a team that needs to beat a good team. That's where I've got the Dolphins. Yes. Can the Dolphins beat like step up in one of these games? One time, help me, help me, Dolphins. I picked them to win the AFC. I need help. I don't know that they can. Kyle, I think a lot of what they're doing right now seems flashy, but non-sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like it's one; they're one of those teams that that has that feeling now. Like I, I did not feel this way early in the season, where they they're really fun and all that stuff, but they're they're not going to be there at the end. Yeah, we're gonna learn. They got Baltimore and Buffalo the last two weeks of the season maybe fighting for their for their Oof. playoff lives at that point. So Oof. we'll learn a ton about the Dolphins late in the year. All right, we got to hit a break. When we come back, stuff is happening in Oakland. The A's might be staying? We'll I talk don't to, believe you. We'll talk to Casey Pratt of ABC7 in, in, in the Bay Area. He has covered this from start to finish for a decade now. Awesome. There's not a better person to talk to about the A's stadium situation. We will talk to Casey Pratt about what happened in Oakland last night and what the chances are that the A's, like the Kings, wind up staying uh, where they belong. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, I had to hit that too short rejoin because Oakland's in the house, baby. Casey Pratt, ABC7, a sports anchor uh, in the Bay Area, and all over. I don't know, Casey, I don't know if there is a person who is more equipped to inform us on what's going on with the A's stadium situation. I think that actually includes people working with the A's. Uh, <laughs> um, Ownership. So, so, yeah. So shout out to you. Thank you so much for, for A, being on our program today, and, and B, uh, all, the, all the work you've put in to stay on top of what's going on. Because for somebody like me, who I'm just trying to read as many articles as I can and trying to consume as much of the information as I can, there is so many layers to this that go into like laws and drafts and this proposal and this meeting, you're at all of it. You're on top of all of it. So first off, thank you for, for doing all that and keeping all of us informed. Yeah. It's a little bit of a passion project sometimes. And it's a lot of time spent just reading the most boring, mundane legal documents that you could ever read. Uh, and a lot of talking to people, but like what's interesting, Kyle, I was telling people this yesterday, but what you actually hear or what actually post is like, it's like the tip of the iceberg compared to like how much other information is out there. I just try to disseminate it in a way that people can understand because it's wildly confusing. So last night there was a big hullabaloo in Oakland and there was a big vote and there were fans at city hall chanting, stay in Oakland. There was a big vote. Can you lay out what happened last night in, uh, in Oakland? Yeah, it was a full-blown hullabaloo. Uh, that's a great way to describe Thank it. You. Um, yeah. the, so really what it was, was it was just a motion, like a, a recommendation to affirm their support. And so what does that mean? Really nothing. It doesn't mean anything at all. It's just like saying, hey, we still believe the A's belong here. So in terms of the legislation, it's really meaningless. But what I think you saw in the videos and the passion and everything going on there, what it really was designed to do was show that Right now, the mayor's office, the vice mayor, the city council, the port of Oakland, labor leaders, the fans, everybody are on the same page. And it's really interesting that it passed unanimously, too, because when I first heard from a source this was going to happen, I actually posted on X that I thought uh, this should pass unanimously. And they texted me back that I just gave them a heart attack because nothing ever passes unanimously, especially when it has to do with the A's stadium issues. So <laughs> it passed unanimously. That was a huge win for them. Um, and really more importantly than anything, it just gave the fans a platform to show up and show out one last time. It gave the city an opportunity to put into record all the work they've done and just make some headlines right before the MLB owners potentially vote. Okay, so Casey, that's where we're at. The The vote is coming. And I mean, as someone who covered two full-blown relocation attempts here in Sacramento, I know like the ebbs and flows of this thing is crazy. And, you know, like you're you're waiting for the next shoe to drop at all times. And then you're going to city council meetings, which are horribly boring. You're hearing people talk that have no business talking, that have no idea what they're talking about, whether that's the politicians or or ownership of the A's or, or management of the A's or fans who are stepping up. Um, just is there any hope that this thing will go a different way when we get to the Major League Baseball owners meetings uh, in the coming weeks? Or is this a lot of like, you know, noise? Yeah. So my thought is if the owners actually hold a vote at the owners meetings, 
they're not going to hold that vote unless they know pretty damn well that it's going to go through, right? I mean, why else would they hold the vote? If they push it back, that would be a sign that there is some uncertainty. Um, what I will say, though, is that if they do approve relocation, what it's going to do is shine a massive spotlight on this entire situation. And the fact that the A's really have no design architect, they've not put out a single stadium rendering that's actually real. They said to wad up and throw away the other ones they made because they were fake. Uh, the A's themselves said that. Uh, they don't know how John Fisher is going to pay for it. They don't know how much it's going to cost. They don't even know where they're going to play from 2025 through 2028. So approving relocation is going to put a massive spotlight on a lot of holes in the A's plans. And if the A's have proven anything over the last, geez, like decade plus, uh, it's that they're not the most competent bunch sometimes. And I think mm. that this thing could still fall apart. Um, but we'll see what happens with that owner's vote. If, if I was an MLB owner, what I would say is, like, picture yourself living in a neighborhood and you all take a lot of time and effort to upkeep your home. And then there's one house on the block that is just a complete mess, bringing down real estate value. And you can't get the guy to do anything to take care of it. Uh, that would be John Fisher. And I don't see why they're going to help him. So my thinking would be, hey, look, you worked really hard. You got Las Vegas figured out. We'll approve you to move there. But we're not waiving the relocation fee. That's what I would do if I was an owner. Talking with Casey Pratt of ABC7 all over the A's relocation saga. Um, what's past a saga? I feel like this has been going on for two decades now. We need something more than an epic. Is that what's next? It is. It feels epic. like Shogun. The, but epic feels like too complimentary. We'll stick with saga. All right. All over the A's stadium saga, Casey Pratt. Um, I, I know there's something going on in Nevada with uh, Nevadans trying to get the the stadium funding on the ballot where they can vote for it. And again, my understanding is that it would very likely get voted down if it if that happened. A, is that still on the table? And B, if it does get voted down, what's the next step? Well, yeah, it is still on the table. Um, but let's just put it this way, Kyle. You pay a lot of attention to A's things. Have you ever seen anybody come out and say they really, really want the A's in Las Vegas? Not one person. I think most of the people in Las Vegas, when I go on ESPN radio in Las Vegas, they all agree with me the whole time. They want a reloc. They don't want a relocated A's. They want an expansion team. Right. Uh, the people out there want an expansion team. They don't want the A's. It's wildly unpopular. Uh, not to mention all these things going around about, you know, people being unhappy with John Fisher. You never see anybody step up and defend him either. So mm -hmm. yes, if schools over stadiums gets this on the ballot, it will be bad, bad news for the A's Las Vegas hopes because frankly, it's just not the most popular thing. People don't want to give their money to an out-of-state billionaire to build a stadium. They'd rather have a local billionaire start a new team like the Golden Knights and do it from scratch. Right. Now, that's the other thing. Like when you're like, how is baseball going to work in Las Vegas? Like, I know that, that it is a baseball town. Like, I, I have family that live in Vegas, and, like, the the Las Vegas starts have always been a big deal, right, uh, as a AAA team. Like, whether whoever, it's their affiliate. They've always had some sort of pull. But, like, the way that football, that the NFL works, is that people fly in for the weekend to go catch a game, and, they get there on Friday, they party hard mm -hmm. for two days, they show up on Sunday to watch a football game, and then they go home. Um, that's not Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is 162 games. No one's flying in for a four-game set to watch any team. I mean, maybe you would get some Dodger fans that came over, but that's just not. And you're not going to get the same following that the Raiders do, where some people from Oakland do go 
to watch a game. I, when they it's scorched earth here. When they leave Oakland, if they do leave Oakland, it's over. So how is this thing going to fundamentally work? Because we're hearing that you know they're pitching that they're going to sell out a thirty thousand seat building. And the building's not even 30,000 seats to start. Well, it might be. We don't know what it looks like. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They may have found a way, like, in the first version that they actually drew up to put in 30,000 seats. But, like, how is this fundamentally going to work in Vegas? Well, I think the point you're making is if it's a 30,000-seat ballpark, they need to sell at least 27,000-some-odd tickets for every game to pencil out mathematically. But if they sell 10,000 tickets for a few games, they can't offset that by selling 50,000 for like the Yankees series. So they're going to be in trouble with attendance. I think the way it pencils out financially, though, is gambling and all the, the stuff gaming can bring to the table for Major League Baseball. That is a big thing that nobody's really talking about. I think that is probably how this may or may not financially work. But to your point, uh, yeah, the Raiders are great for them because people will fly in. They will stay at the casinos, they'll spend their money, and they'll just go to a game for like four hours on Sunday. With the A's, you're talking four plus hours almost every day of the week where people are not going to be sitting at the tables losing their money to the other casinos in the region. And I think that can't be too popular with other casino owners. So a lot of it doesn't add up, including the fact that the A's ownership currently has just completely cast aside and thrown their own fan base under the bus. None of these people are going to be flying in to see A's games like Raiders fans do. Raider Nation travels. Uh, they always have. They always will. And they're located all over the place. It's going to be different for baseball. So, yeah, I don't think it adds up there. But I do agree. And, and I have to say this. I really, really do agree. I think Major League Baseball in Vegas would be awesome. I just don't think this is the way they should do it. Yeah, people won't drive in from Dublin. I think people are going to fly into Vegas to, to go. That's that's wild. I also think it's kind of nuts that baseball and its sordid history with gambling would be like, hey, this is good because gambling can help us. Yeah. That just that yeah, sounds, I mean, it's, that it's sounds kind bananas of a crappy to look. me. <laughs> it's not the best, but you know, it, it just is the facts of the matter. It's legal there. Uh, it's widely embraced now. It really wasn't back then. I mean, you're seeing like the fan duel and you know all the other mm -hmm. stuff all over the place now. So it's it's a lot more common and accepted than it was in the past. Talking with Casey Pratt of ABC7, he is all over the A Stadium uh, relocation. Um, is there any chance as this kind of goes on? I know John Fisher has said recently in the media that he doesn't plan on selling and he doesn't want to sell a team. He wants to put together a winning baseball team, you know, just lies like that. Um, is there any chance that as this goes on, we see him lean towards selling, do you think? Yeah, I think that either way he's going to sell. I really do. Um, I think mm -hmm. he's either going to get this deal in Vegas, jack up the franchise value by getting something in place, and then flip the team at that point, or sell a bulk of the ownership stake to a local owner to get this thing across the finish line financially and probably just from a local fan support standpoint in Las Vegas. Or he's not going to get the deal he wants in Vegas, and he'll have no choice at that point to sell the team. Now, that's where I think it's interesting, and it draws a lot of parallels, James, like what you were saying with the Kings. Everyone thought the Kings were gone. They were going to Seattle. Chris Hansen was buying the team, and then Vivek stepped in and bought it and saved it. If the team goes on the market, I think that's what everybody's waiting for, one way or the other. Because uh, you know Joe Lacob's over there keeping an eye on this. You know he wants to buy the A's. He's being very muted in his comments, but he can't really say much because he doesn't want to piss off Major League Baseball. Uh, he is just one of several people I could think of that would step up and buy this team right now if they could. Hmm. But it is not for sale. So it's a matter of 
does John Fisher get this deal across the finish line in Vegas and then flip a large majority of the team, or does he fail and have no choice but to sell? Yeah, Casey, that's something, you know, you bring up Hanson and the Seattle saga, but this really does feel more like Anaheim and the Henry Samueli situation and the Honda Center where the Kings were going to go down to Anaheim. They were going to relocate the team, the Maloofs were, and they were there was going to be a partnership with Henry Samueli. And Major League, uh, the NBA, number one, they weren't ready to vet him. And so I know John Fisher might want to do this, but Major League Baseball is going to want to vet whichever owner this is, and they're not going to have him go into a situation where it's like, okay, well, we'll maybe we'll find two or three different guys there in, in Vegas that they could take over for him. And I, I think this comes back to, like, you are a steward of a franchise. You are not, you know, no one lives forever. And this should be one of those things where I don't know how Major League Baseball can allow something like this to happen, where a bad apple, a horrific owner steps in, dissolves a fan base, won't even fix a plumbing in his arena and is in a stadium and just intentionally pulls like the Major League, the script from Major League, the movie, and just puts it out there for his his franchise. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's really really weird how this thing is playing out where this is an embarrassment. Like what's happening where you're seeing the sell shirts all over major league baseball at every event. It's an embarrassment to the league, what John Fisher's done. So anyway, I I, want to know, like, is, is it feasible that major league baseball could just say like, look, we need to be done with this guy. We need him out now. And we also love Vegas and we like the idea of $500 million or or a billion dollar relocation, I mean, uh, like franchise fee or three billion, you know, franchise fee to start over and have someone else take over the A's. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the most obvious outcome, but they don't want to be kicking out an owner. You know, they don't want to do that to somebody in their own fraternity, uh, at least very publicly. So I think the optimal outcome for that scenario would be to, again, approve relocation, but not waive the relocation fee. At that point, I don't think John Fisher has the finances to actually make this work and he would sell. Then Hmm. you take somebody like Joe Lacob, a local buyer that would buy the A's, keep them here, get that deal locked in. They're already 90% of the way there in Oakland. I mean, they already have everything figured out for the stadium. They're just a little bit short financially uh, on offsite infrastructure and things like that. So... At that point, then you expand to Vegas. It's, it's simple. Then you don't have to waive a relocation fee and keep an owner on revenue sharing, and you get an expansion fee and another market figured out. It, it's just money in the owner's pockets. The alternative, Man. though, is give John Fisher Vegas, waive a relocation fee, which is hundreds of million dollars of all money the owners would be splitting, and you also lose Vegas as an expansion market. So now the owners are also not splitting that expansion fee. That's what's on the table with this ownership vote. Like, why would you take a guy that's been on revenue sharing for years, move him to a market where he's going to stay on revenue sharing, waive the relocation fee, and also lose the expansion fee as a result? It's like, it's it's mind-boggling that they'd even be considering it, to be honest. It's wild. I don't get it at all. All right, so uh, quick two, two quick things uh, for me. One, what, are they in Oakland next season for sure? 
Yes, they are okay. in Oakland next season for sure. Their lease runs through the end of 2024. After that, they have no idea where they're going to play. Tight. <laughs> cool. I love professional organizations. And then is there if is there any chance that this works out where John Fisher and the city of Oakland come together to get a deal done where he is the owner of the team in Oakland? I mean, they want him back at the table. The city of Oakland would love John Fisher to come back to the table, despite all of this, because they know they have this thing very close to finish. They just need a willing partner to work with, and they don't have one in John Fisher. He does not want anything to do with it. Now, the one thing I would like to point out is, in Vegas, the proposal is a tiny nine-acre ballpark with no residential, no commercial, no other real estate involved. Howard Terminal was a ballpark with residential, commercial, all these other things involved. If you just scaled down Howard Terminal, said, I'm going to build a ballpark there, this thing could have been done years ago. Man. Instead, they pushed for a $6 billion plus dollar project, which would have been the largest in the history of the state or one of the largest, and it bogged everything down. Do what the Giants did. Build a ballpark, hold on to that land. When the time is right, add the residential, add all the other things. If they just focused on a ballpark, if Fisher came back to the table, said, I want to do like what I'm doing in Vegas, except not have to build a dome or a retractable roof because I don't need one in Oakland, then build the ballpark. That's it. He can do it. He can do it fast. Casey Pratt, ABC7. Nobody covering the A's relocation and stadium drama better than him. Uh, Casey, you are so greatly appreciated uh, by me, by James, uh, by by every A's fan out there and every baseball fan who wants to, to stay on top of all this. Last thing that we got to ask you before you go Maybe the most important question that, that you'll be asked on, on any on any radio or TV hit that, that you do about this. What's your favorite cereal? Wow, my favorite cereal. Uh you will be I'm judged. Gonna go fruity, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go fruity pebbles. I like okay. the fruity pebbles. Like when my kids I have two young kids, so we always have all the good kids' cereals here, like Lucky Charms and Fruity Pebbles and all the count chocolates and all that stuff, but Every now and then I'll come home from work like late on a Wednesday night and I'll just pop off a bowl of Fruity Pebbles and then I'll treat myself, you know? Love the Fruity Pebs. Atta babe. Love it. Hey, Good great answer. seeing you, man. Great yeah. seeing you. Thanks, Casey. It was great seeing both you guys. I, I hope you all know and your listeners know how much I love and appreciate you. You guys are the best and go Kings. Thanks, Casey. It's Casey Pratt, ABC7. The best. Love he is the best, man. I like. He's such a good dude. Yeah. Mm. Is he, can he still hear that? Yeah, no, he's okay. He can still hear us. He he's he can still hear. He's a that he's a good dude. I yeah. like when I walked in the door at uh, at NBC Sports, mm -hmm. we were like kindred spirits like right away. Like yeah. um and I would sit uh like in their bullpen area and hang out with him and some of the other guys there. Just just really good people. there. It's good people. Yeah. Really good people. All right. So I'm I'm more optimistic now that the A's are going to stay than I was, I'm still not optimistic. Like I'm still not like, Oh, Hey, I'm on, on a 51 49. I'm, I'm leaning 51. Like, I still think there's a very small chance that they stay, but I'm more optimistic about that chance than I was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah. So this is what, um, like we had in, in Sacramento, the end of the 2010, 2011 season, my first season covering the team, we had this moment, you know, the the Grant and Jerry moment at the end of the season where, you know, they break up on camera. It's like so iconic. Mm -hmm. We started Small Market Big Heart with it. It's right. the opening scene of Small Market Big Heart. 
Um, well, I think the Lemonade Boys and then Grant and Jerry. Sure. Uh, so it's it's this amazing moment, right? When everyone walked off the court that night, most people in the building, like 98% thought it was over, that the mm-hmm. Kings were moving. And I never felt that way. I kept saying, follow the money. The money doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. There's not enough money coming from Henry Samueli to buy them out of the 70 million bucks they owe the city of Sacramento or all, all of these other mechanisms. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get enough money to move there and relocation fee and everything else. They right. don't have the money. And sure enough, that's what it was. Like there was no money. And the NBA did not want to vet Henry Samueli, have him move into a major television market where he, they already had two teams, pull away some of that market share from those other teams, ruin everything they had going in LA with the the Lakers and the mm-hmm. Clippers. And then on top of that, go into a building that was worse than Arco. Yeah. That, that's not what they had planned for, for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. And so they said no. And so that's where I keep saying with the Oakland deal, follow the money because it does not make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense like what, how Casey laid it out. It definitely doesn't. So December 1 is a, a big day here. And Casey laid this out on Twitter. And then we'll we'll move on to, to a couple of Kings notes and, and, and Blazers notes from last night with the Kings and Blazers uh, beginning to uh, tonight. Um, Casey tweeted this out with, uh, you know, all the screenshots of the various, uh, what's the, sources. Um, According to the latest filing from the owner of the Tropicana site, their A's agreement is contingent on MLB approving relocation before December 1, 2023. So MLB has three and a half weeks to approve relocation or the A's Tropicana deal falls through. Mm. So that's what's fascinating about this. Do they decide, hey, waive the fees, forget the money, the money doesn't matter, we got to get this done now? Or do they go, hey, this is on you, you got to figure out a new deal because the money doesn't make sense. And I, that's really what it's all going to come down to. It's crazy, crazy. Kyle. Wild. All right. Follow the money. Follow the money. Shout out to Casey Pratt. All right. We're the insiders. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Shout out to Jiffy Lube. Uh, Kings Blazers tonight. This is the direction our, our conversation will go moving forward. But De'Aaron Fox and Trey Lyles have both been ruled out for Sacramento. Uh, Scoot Henderson. Super bummer that Scoot Henderson has been ruled out. Uh, Anthony Simons and Robert Williams, a.k.a. Time Lord, are all ruled out for Portland. So you're getting an even weaker version of an already weak Portland team. Got to go win tonight. It's a get-right game, You got to go win. You it's a get-right go, game. You got to go it's win. It's a get-right game. You got to go win tonight. If they, if they lose, I'm taking the day off if they lose tonight. Show me that what we just saw in Houston was an anomaly. Right. Show me that That's it was. It. That you're ready to play and that... This is where you're going. Like the, you're a team that can walk in and beat anybody. You're a little bit bummed that you're not going to get to see Scoot Henderson, right? Yeah. Like I said, there's there's part of you that's a little upset. Um. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There and is. And he hasn't been great this year. But hey, we got some breaking news. The oh, Sacramento Kings have recalled Philip Petrusiv from the Stockton Kings. It's happening. It's happening, Kyle. It's all happening tonight. So no Scoot Henderson, but maybe Philip Petrusiv. Philip with an F. Of course. That's what they call Philippe. him. Philip with an F. Philip with an F. Got to be physical. There it F. is. All right. Um, Kings Blazers. We'll dive into that next. So the Kings, like James just said, a get right game. How do they get right? We'll dive into that on the other side of the break. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the insider. Sponsored by, uh, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. On 
1320. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 